Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 10 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry with Brian Fonseca here. And we're doing our podcast from someplace special today. A right. uh, place I hadn't stepped into into till the other day. Um, and it's Diamante Cigar Lounge here in Brooklyn, New York, and Fort Greene. For those people who don't know, if you're watching, you see we're here. And joining us on the podcast this week is David Diamante. Hey, he guys. Is, how you doing? How you doing, man? Doing great. You're doing great. Uh, for those that don't know, David is the owner of Diamante's Brooklyn Cigar Lounge. Um, he's also the former Brooklyn Nets public address announcer, and he is a boxing ring announcer. You guys probably see him everywhere in the ring uh, being announced for boxing. He's a guy who gives you decisions, a guy you boo when it's a draw <laughs> um, or cheer when the guy you've been rooting for wins. Uh, he is the guy. So big boxing fan. I've known you for years around the Nets and, and with boxing and I also knew that you were also involved in cigars, and we'll get to that a, a little bit later. Um, but as a big boxing fan, we'll start off. We're going to talk some boxing. What do you think, uh, Dave, about the state of boxing? Uh, how are you feeling about boxing? You're around the sport a lot. What do you think about the state of boxing? I think it's really strong. I think it's great. I mean, I think if you look at what's happening and you look at the numbers, like you look at the U.K., and they're pulling huge numbers over there. Yeah. Um, I just did some fights over in the U.K., uh, last month and did a fight at Wembley uh, Arena, the super middleweight championship of the world with George Groves and Jamie Cox, and it was packed. Mm. Um, did a fight at York Hall, great crowd. So the huge, I mean, it's a worldwide sport. So, you know, it has its ups and its downs. And they, they typically say boxing goes the way of the heavyweight, and right now the heavyweights are hot. The, mm. the heavyweights are hot, and the division's kind of... We, 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 we were talking about this. That's what we want to get into. Was last podcast was the podcast. Last podcast. It was, was last, podcast. yeah. Last we had Amber Coons on. It's, it's becoming very interesting right now. It's it's becoming interesting. It's been dead for a while. I, I thought, I was like, what's going on in the heavyweight? Do you, do you really care? Do you believe in the contenders right now in the heavyweight division? That, yeah. it's that, a, I mean, you know, you got guys like contender-wise. You know, you got Jarrell Miller from Brooklyn. Yep. You got Dominic Brazil. You got Joseph Parker. You got Pulev. You got – there's a lot of different guys out there. Of course, there's also Tyson Fury. Don't forget about Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. He's still out there. I mean, the two big names that everyone knows and that they need to fight each other hopefully sooner rather than yes. later is, of course, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Yeah. So we want, we, want, we want that fight to happen. Hopefully 2018, it will be seen. Yeah, and this I, I'm, is, I'm over the talking. You know, you heard my point. In that. This is <laughs> what we've been talking about on the podcast recently was this whole, you know, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua saga, let's call it. But let's get into it. Deontay Wilder just had that first round knockout not too long ago. Uh, Anthony Joshua had a TKO right before that. But now there's kind of some, you know, some promotional stuff or whatever going on. Is the fight going to happen? Like, where do you kind of stand in terms of, I guess, wanting to see the fight? Uh, you feel like you know there's too much BS on the side of it. You feel like they should just go at it. Like what? Where do you stand with that? I mean, that's just the business end of it. So, <clears throat> to, yes. Do I want to see the fight? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan just like everybody. I, I want to see that fight. I think it's the best fight out there right now. Hmm. I mean, we have a great fight coming up with uh, Rigan Dial and Lomachenko, which yeah. is a great fight. But this is a different fight because this is the heavyweights. So this this just has, and both guys have pieces of the, of the pie. And this is this is what the fans want to see, and both promoters know it. I think they will make it happen. Um, you know what I want to see, and what what I think would be great. You know, if you have the fight and your guy has a good showing, mm-hmm. even if he loses, let's say, no matter who, you know, if it's if it's Wilder or Joshua, mm-hmm. you can have a rematch. Yeah, and, and you can have a rubber match possibly. I mean, yeah. these guys could put on some potentially great fights. So I am hoping that we definitely get to see it. That's promotional stuff. You know, that's def- definitely not on my end. But that's stuff we see all the time. I mean, you know, these guys jock for pos- position on, on, you know, the location and the, the split. And, you know, it can go down to the ring size, the glove 
the weight of the glove. I mean, it can be there's all kinds of jockeying for position on all kinds of different issues. So hopefully it'll get worked out. I mean, look, if we we finally had Mayweather or Mayweather Pacquiao happen, which too looked late. like it would never too happen. Late. It yeah. was too late. <laughs> but but they got it together finally. Um, and and of course, obviously there was the Mayweather McGregor, which whatever you think about it it was still a hard promotion to put together with yeah. all the different factions they did that i think this fight will get made i it, think i think the fans yeah. are going to demand it and there's a couple different things going on with that right now in terms of like i feel like just kind of listening to everything and just kind of absorbing everything going on i feel like deontay wilder and his side with lou Debella, like they seem to want it more as far as what they're telling everybody are you kind of seeing that element of it? Do you feel like Wilder side wants it more? Because you know Joshua has the leverage. He obviously puts, you know, he sells out Wembley Stadium, basically. He sells out the UK fan base. Yeah, and just had, he just had the huge fight in Cardiff, Wales. I mean, mm -hmm. it was an incredible, largest, exactly. largest crowd for an Against Carlos Takam. You know, he put so, on a good showing. So yeah, Tom, that, Tom is tough. Fight. Yeah, he put, on, he put on a good showing. And it wasn't, but it wasn't, you know, the top flight, I guess, challenger that people would expect. No, like, like Joshua sells out against whoever he fights, so he has all the leverage. And Wilder's saying that he's willing to go out in I, England. I wouldn't say and fight he has him. all the leverage. I think there's definitely leverage there. I think there's leverage on the other side also. I mean, you know, uh, Deontay has the, the green belt. You know, he's got the WBC strap, which a lot of people, you know, look to. So yeah, there, there, you know. Joshua has two big pieces of the pie. Wilder has one. So, you know, I think, yes, he Joshua does put more seats, in, in, and that's definitely a part of it. Mm -hmm. But, again, this is stuff that, like, to me, it's not it's not for me to, to decide who does what where. I just want to see the fight. Yeah. So I don't care if it happens <laughs> in my backyard. You know, it could happen in a 7-Eleven parking lot. Like, right. I, I want it to happen. <laughs> I want to see it. You know, that's what I want. Does so that, I hope they work it out and they're happy with it. But I just want to see the fight. I hope they do it in a 7-Eleven parking lot. I'd be fine with that. Does, that, <laughs> does the business end of that sometimes in boxing, does that bother you, Dave, that we sometimes have this drawn-out process where it takes a long time for these fights that the public wants to see, as you said before, actually happen? I mean, Dexter, it's great when you let a fight marinate. Sometimes, you, you know, it's like you let it marinate. But then mm -hmm. there's a point when it you don't want it to get ripe and to get old and, yeah. and to go bad. Exactly. You don't yeah. want it to spoil. Right. So yeah. there, there's, a, there's a prime time for it, and I get that. But like I'm saying, these guys are two guys that really could put on a great show. I think it, it really is almost like a 50-50 fight because mm -hmm. going in, I mean, both guys have a lot of power. Both guys have some, some, some weaknesses, and it's kind of like – you know, early, it might be wilder, late, it could be Joshua. I, I just don't know. I think it's going to be a really good fight. And it also depends on who who shows up that day. Like sometimes, you know, like the thing with a lot of different sports is they play so much, like different teams will play, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, basketball teams, football teams, they play quite a bit. But boxers don't fight that, that often. So when you yeah. fight, it's like you really have to do a good showing. But sometimes you might wake up and you might have a, a – you might be sick or – you know, you might not have gotten a good night of sleep or th there could be so many different factors. It just might not be your day. It's like, who makes that mistake? When you have guys throwing mm -hmm. punches like Joshua and Wilder, one mistake and you could be going to sleep. So you're, you're kind of in the camp of me on, on that fight that I could see either winning. He, this guy here, <laughs> is kind of... Don't misrepresent me now. Fan. I'm not going to call him a fan, but no. he really thinks <laughs> you know I'm not. Wilder has a huge advantage. Which not I don't, huge advantage, but I think... You think he's going to knock Joshua out? I do. I do. I, I, I do think he's going to knock him out. I think it's possible, but I'm not willing to – I'm not as confident in that. I think Joshua has a, an excellent shot as much as I would say Wilder. I'm kind of with you on the 50-50. So do I. I think, it, I think it's a 50-50 fight, and, I mean, you know, this is, why, this is why they fight. If we knew who would win – then we wouldn't have the fight. We just said, well, he wins. I'm, here's the, I'm not know. saying it. I'm not saying that way. <laughs> he, lo just, he, he loves Wilder. But no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Now you're <laughs> now you're doing the Freddie Gibbs thing, yes, first I of am. all. But, but, That's another story. Yeah. Uh, but basically, I think, like, if you're going at it in terms of uh, making a prediction or whatever the case may be, I'm rolling with Wilder, and I have no doubt that he would win on that, you know, I guess, spectrum of it. If you had to make a prediction, Dave, what are you? I, well, I'm early. rolling with a trilogy, man. I just want to see good fights. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to see, I want to see some, you know, bang up action. Like, let's do this. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I want to see time. these guys go at it. I mean, look, I, I will say this: the Joshua Klitschko fight was amazing. It was a yes, great fight. It mm -hmm. was. Uh, both guys hurt, and Joshua really showed a lot in that because he had to dig deep. Um, 
and uh, I just uh, I think it's going to be a nice little dust up. So I definitely want to see it. What are some other fights? Because you know, moving on from kind of the heavyweight division, but we also have. Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, like the welterweights of the world, and recently Lomachenko, who you also spoke about, who I love. I, yeah, I think he's, I think he's tremendous. Exactly, and he's fighting on December 9th. So yep. recently, uh, at that Deontay Wilder fight where he fought Stavern, they had the press conference with Keith Thurman with Errol Spence, yep. and they basically said like, "Yeah, they want to fight each other. It's just not going to happen anytime soon." But Keith. Well, Thurman, yeah, he's coming off the, the surgery, right, exactly. and injury or whatever. Yeah. so it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, you know, Spence had that great showing against Kell Brook, mm-hmm. you know, went to his backyard and took it over there. And I think he's, you know, one of the marquee names in, in that, that weight division right now. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking at him um, or not <laughs> or ducking him, <laughs> depending on, on what they want. But, right. I mean, you got Sean Porter, too. He, he wants those names. Mm. I mean, Sean yep. Porter's out there. He and, had a win on the Wilder card. Yeah, he, yeah. he fought on that card, and he, he really wants that. So. We'll see what happens. That's that's a that's a, an exciting division, also. So I think there are a lot of great fights to be made out there. There are a lot of sharks. What are some other ones you're looking at? You're looking forward to, perhaps. Yeah, well, there's just some guys, guys like, like I'm looking forward to some guys coming up. Like there's a kid named Charles Conwell, um, mm-hmm. fighting out of uh, he just fought on Showbox. Yeah, he's a young fighter, but he's really uh, a, a great looking fighter. I mean, Olympian, and um, he finally went the distance. He didn't get a knockout in his last fight, but he had a good showing. Um, tough kid. There's an, another kid. We did a fight last night um, at Resorts World Casino here in New York City for uh, Evander Holyfield's promotion. Yeah. And there's a kid named Edgar Berlanga. He's five and zero, all five knockouts, and he got another knockout last night. He's six and zero, six knockouts. He's an eight-time national champion as an amateur. Um, he took gold in Russia at the, the junior nationals. He's he's uh He's a tough kid, man, um, fighting out of Brooklyn. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, also, Re- Regis Progre, Rougarou. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's fighting coming up. And Tevin Farmer, you know, has is, yep. got yes. a, a fight coming up. So there's just different fights, different guys I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, there, there are so many fights out there, so many good guys. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in boxing. Right. You know, I'm leaving – Tom, not tomorrow, Tuesday. Yeah. So two days I'm heading down to um, Uruguay. I'm doing a fight in Punta del Este, uh, Uruguay. So I'll fly to Argentina and then head over to Uruguay for that fight. Um, should be should be fun. There's a WBC title on the line there. And just so much happening around the world. I just booked a fight uh, up in Canada, up in Toronto. Um, there's just fights all over. And then December 1st we have another fight in Providence, Rhode Island. It's going to be um, on CBS Mm-hmm. Uh, that fight is, uh, I think, Toka Con Clary's fighting on that card. Uh, right. Um, so that should be nice. So a lot of lot of guys out there, a lot of lot of different fighters, a lot of promotions, and I'm looking forward to, to being back in the UK soon. Hopefully, I'm I'm really looking forward. Also, the World Boxing Super Series. Like, not a lot of people are, are necessarily talking about that here, but overseas, mm-hmm. it's really big. And you've got Gassiev about to fight Dorticos, and mm-hmm. that's going to be a really nice fight. Um, and then, of course, the huge fight is George Groves uh, fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Right. Like, that's I good. really can't wait to see that that's fight. Yeah, that's Chris gonna Eubank is going to be great. Yeah. You mentioned Tevin Farmer. That's actually the first uh, fighter I ever did a feature story on. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, Shout t- out to Tevin. And Tevin Farmer is somebody we're trying to trying to get here on this podcast. I yeah. just want to hear your thoughts. I, I like Lomachenko a lot. Um, I just really got into watching his fights in the last year. I'm just very mm. impressed with him. I, obviously, his amateur record was stellar. Of course. What do you think of him as a fighter? He's got another one coming up on the ninth. Uh, what do you think of him? Well, I mean, look, you know, anyone that knows boxing, that watches boxing, you watch this guy box, it's it's beautiful. Yes. I mean, the guy's yes, – he's a, a beautiful fighter. That is the word. He's exactly. a beautiful fighter. You know, Amen he really is. But at the same time, the one thing that he doesn't have that I would really like to see is that power. Power, mm. yeah. And sometimes you, it's not really something you can kind of teach. Like, you, you can crack or you can't crack. Like, some guys are just – they got that power and but his skill is is unbelievable i mean a two-time olympic gold medal winner fighting rigandial who also is a two-time olympic gold medal winner i mean that's why this fight's so amazing. that's a 50 50 fight well, like to me i, I think 50 50 fight i mean it depends who you are what you think I, I you know in that fight 
well, regardless of who I think is going to win, because of course I have I have opinions, but I don't like to put them public because me, I like to be Switzerland. You know, I'm a ring announcer, <laughs> so I, I root for everyone. The main thing, and this is honestly true, the true story, I root for these guys, first of all, to be safe. Because right. it's such a dangerous I agree sport. With that. And I think a lot of people don't realize how dangerous it is what these guys Great do. Point. And anyone that climbs through those ropes, to me, is a champion because it is tough. And when mm. you got someone swinging at your head, yeah. it's not a joke. And so that's number one. I got respect for all fighters. So, you know, these people calling him a bum, him a bum. I don't like that. You know, to me, there's no bums get, <laughs> climbing through the ropes. You know, um, that's number one. But, you know, it's like I work with all these different fighters. I work with different promoters. So it's I don't really root for anyone per se. But who I think is going to win, I mean, I have opinions because I see and I, I know boxing. Mm-hmm. So I do have an opinion on who I think is going to win. I don't necessarily want to voice it here, but I think it's going to be a very nice fight. I think it mm-hmm. could go either way. Um, you know, I did uh, I did a fight for Rigondeaux. It was one of his early fights. It might have been like his fifth pro fight. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, he is amazing also. But um, what's going to be interesting is to see who is the aggressor. You know, mm-hmm. both guys yeah. can be such defensive masters and right. counterpunchers. Right. You need someone to go forward to press the action, right? Right. You know, and so it could really end up being a stinker where no one really throws anything. And nobody wants to see that. Right. Hopefully that does not <laughs> so happen. So like Mayweather back, yeah. But it, it will be a chess match, chess match with two wizards. I mean, you know, yeah, they, oh, these no guys are, are these guys are both phenoms. And, and Lomachenko is a beautiful fighter. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He's, his angles, his feints, his moves, he sees things before other it's people even com- know they're going to do it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what's always impressed me with yeah. him. We're, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask you a couple more stuff about boxing your job as a ring announcer sure. and how it is so we're going to talk more with david diamante on the ain't hard to tell podcast it ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from backpack broadcasting gear is now available via t public visit the backpack broadcasting t public online store to get shirts hoodies mugs and phone cases represent your favorite backpack broadcasting shows including the sports walk sideline stories and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible, and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who has the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. Welcome back to Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 10, and we are at Diamante's Brooklyn Cigar Lounge with the owner, David Diamante. Right. Uh, boxing enthusiast. We talked a lot of boxing in the first segment, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit more boxing with you before we move on to some other stuff. But uh, one of the fights that was pretty big this year in 2017 was Triple G and Canelo. Uh, obviously, the result for a lot of people, you know, was disappointing. But that fight was something that got a lot of people back into boxing that maybe was a casual fan said, hey, I want to watch this. I thought that was a good fight for boxing uh, in general. Your, your thoughts on the fight and the impact of it on boxing? Absolutely. I mean, fights like that need to happen. Yeah. Great fight. Super glad it happened. Hopefully there's a rematch. Yes. You know, hopefully Danny Jacobs is now in that mix. Has to be. Um, you yeah. know, it's, you know, with his showing against Triple G. But that was, a, that was a really nice fight. You know, I don't want to say it was a great fight, but it was a very good fight. It was Agreed. a very entertaining fight. It right. was a good fight. You know, of course, like you said, the decision a lot of people, you know, didn't like. Mm-hmm. But 
that be that as it may, absolutely great fight. Very glad it happened. It needed to happen, and it happened. I, that's why, again, going back to Wilder Joshua, I believe it'll happen because the fans dictate it. If the fans really want it, it will happen. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, we, so, we want to see that. Go ahead. So, and speaking of questionable decisions, which that one may or may not have been depending on what side you were on at the end of the fight, but, you know, as a ring announcer, you have – probably dealt with a number of questionable decisions in your career so uh what are a couple of them i guess where you know you're you're ready to announce it you get the cars back and you're like wait really like is this right and you know kind of trips you up but you know some some weird ones that you've come across well it's definitely happened uh you know and i've i've even had it where um people uh have written down the wrong scores oh Mm. it's it's happened and but thank god i read it before i go on to tv and I'm like, this is not right and so i'll go to the commission and say hey this and you know i'm not saying which commission i do fights all over right yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not of, putting anybody out there like, not yeah, putting anybody yeah. out there but yeah, yeah. It, it has happened no names. And, and they, oh wait and they correct it thank you um the main thing is to get it right but yeah. uh you know boxing scoring it's on the 10 point must system right mm-hmm. so there was a fight this is a funny thing about boxing scoring there was a fight that i did with uh, Will Rosinski against Edwin Rodriguez, La Bamba. Okay. okay. And Will Power Rosinski and Edwin La Bamba Rodriguez. And um, uh, it was a great fight. It was at the MGM Grand in Connecticut um, at Foxwoods, I think. And it was on Showtime. Um, it was a very close fight. It was a, it was a close fight. But you got to imagine this. It was a 10-rounder. If one guy is just eking out each round, mm-hmm. okay, Every round, but I mean, very close. Mm-hmm. What's that score? Ten nine. It's a hundred to ninety, 90 at, the, at the end of the yeah. fight, right. which is a every, shutout. Everyone, right? Doesn't necessarily reflect how, how close the, the fight, fight how close the fight was. Right, right. And that was the case in this fight. So what happened was you had big crowds for both sides. Mm. I get the scorecard. Fight was very close, but the judges saw that they. I'm not saying this is what happened. This is what the judges saw. They thought that Rodriguez had edged out. Rosinski in this fight. Okay. So I get the scorecard, and you know, people were on their pins and needles. What's the score going to be? You know, mm-hmm. c- could be a, a split, could be a, a ma- draw, could be anything. It's a hundred to ninety. All three judges. <laughs> they didn't give. No one gave Will a round, and it was very. It, it was a tough fight. Right. Right. And and, it, it, and I just was. I cringed when I saw it, but oh. you know, it's what it is. And I mean, I'm just the messenger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm not a judge. You know, I don't do that job. That's a tough job. I don't want that job. Which is your job. You are the messenger. You're the voice of the ring. And there's got. I can only imagine what the feeling like is before you read something. I want to go back for you because you. Well, wait, just real quick. Yeah, let, ahead, let me yeah, just yeah, finish yeah. the story. Yeah, I read oh, it. Oh, sorry. And, a, and, a, and a riot broke out. I mean, uh, it, it was in crazy. In the crowd? Absolutely. Like, oh, my God. And I think Will's they didn't brother come for you. They didn't come for you, right? No. Okay. Nah. <laughs> Let him come for me. I'm ready. I'm ready. But, nah. I'm a Brooklyn cat. There um, we go. Represent. Will, uh, Will's brother, I think, got his jaw broken. And it was a, it was a huge, yeah. Oh, it was, man. It was, but I, I've seen quite a few things like that before. Mm. But that was... Uh, that was one of those decisions where you see it and you're ah, oh, you're like I really I knew have it was to gonna hurt. This. I understood it. I'm not saying I'm going with it or not going with it. I don't I don't get into that. The... I understood you know where it's coming from. And like I said, a fight can be that close, but if a guy ekes out each round, it's it's 100 to 90. That's what you see. You can't judge a fight. You know, judges are supposed to go round by round. You can't mm-hmm. say, well, it was close in the last one, and even though he <laughs> lost this one, I'm gonna give him what. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You have to go round by round. round. By That's round. how it works. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about, obviously, just going back for you, just how you got into being a boxing ring announcer. Like, what's your story behind that? For people who might not know, like, how does one become a boxing ring announcer? I know when I first met you, I remember when we first met, I think I met you at uh, the Nets unveiling their logo, I believe, was at, at the Models in Atlanta. Right. That's when we first met. Oh, that was met. a great day. That was uh, with Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez and came. Yep. Ad- Adam Silver, I think, was yeah, that. Was or it? Dave, was David Stern? That was Adam Silver. Adam NBA Silver, commissioner. Adam was there. He was deputy commissioner. He was there. deputy commissioner. And he, came, he came for that we event. We had Marty Markowitz. Marty Markowitz was there. You remember the event very well. Yeah, that was well. That was an historic day. Yeah, it was. That was an historic day. And that was the first time Beautiful I, day. I met you and I heard your voice. I was like, yo, I knew you were going to be the PA announcer for the Nets. Yeah. I was like, yo, he's got a great voice. Thank you. And um, obviously that works well for you in the ring, but being an announcer, you got to have a great voice. So that's one. But sure. I think people listening or watching, they might say, well, how does one become a boxing ring announcer? So what, what's your story? Well, with it's that? not like a normal avenue. You know, yes. it's not like it's sure. not like it's a very niche position, obviously. Mm-hmm. To me, what makes a great ring announcer 
at the end of the day or makes a great anyone anything so they gotta love it you know they really have to love it mm. so obviously I'm, I'm very into boxing um i used to train in boxing and yep. and it did, did i have a lot of background in that which i can tell you about but the main thing is just like i'm super passionate about it i care a lot i'm, I'm really interested in it i love doing it so um no matter if you're slapping pizza pie or if you're you know a sanitation worker or you're a judge i don't care what you are a teacher you have to be passionate about what you do and you're going to be good at it you know yep. um yeah so i believe that and you have to really love it now me you know i started djing at a radio station in 1988 you're listening to wgmu am 560 <laughs> so you know i was like this there you go. I, I was this you know radio dj hmm. um and I, I didn't do it for a long time it wasn't what i wanted to do and i moved out to california i was a drummer i was into I, i've done a lot of different things you know i've been i've worked Oh my God! I mean, I've been a bike messenger. I've been a a, a pizza maker. I've been a, a bodyguard. I've been a bar back. I've been a bartender. I've been a. Mm. I worked in a chicken shack. I've been a. I, I've done so many different jobs, but one of the main jobs I did was uh, I was a drummer, and then I became a DJ, like like a club DJ, and mm. I was doing that, and I was always an MC on the mic, and people used to always talk about my voice, and I never it never put two and two together. I didn't. Mm even think about doing something with my voice it just wasn't on the radar right i was just you know i was a dj and um obviously well not obvious but i've had a love of boxing since i was a kid so i was really into boxing very very into it and i, I was training out in california trained at king's gym trained at grinelli's trained at different places and um came here i was training here in new york also but but either way i always loved the ring announcers mm. i love the pageantry of it because sometimes mm. the fights you know fights can be stinkers sometimes like you have great fights and you got bad fights yeah um and they say styles make fights but a lot of times like you put two styles together that you think is going to work and it doesn't work it just happens like that yeah. and sometimes you get magic it's just that's one of the things like i said that's why we fight because we don't know what's going to happen right you know if mm. we knew we wouldn't have to do it but that's why these guys play we don't know who's going to win at the end of the day right so sometimes the fights are good sometimes not so much but I always loved the ring announcers. And, of course, you have the Michael Buffers and the Jimmy Lennons, which are yeah. great. But those weren't my favorite guys. My favorite guy oh. was Ed Darien. Yeah. I mm. loved Ed Darien. What did you like about him specifically? He just was this classic guy with big, thick glasses. And he always had, like, a carnation on. And he would always say each fighter, no matter where they were from, like, most of his fights took place in, like, Atlantic City because mm -hmm. he was kind of based around there. And the guy would be like, say, from Philadelphia, which is right down the street. And he'd say, this young man comes to us all the way from Philadelphia. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's right down the street. You know, it's not all the way, you know. You know. Yeah, like a 20-minute drive. Yeah. But, but it was just, I just loved his style. You know, he, 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 was, a, he was just a gentleman, and, and he's pronounced the, the last names twice, which, which I, you do. Which I yeah, do. Yeah. I've always noticed you, that about you. That yeah, that you kind of keep that tradition going. So Correct, because yeah. it's a tradition that, that used to be in boxing back in the day, and they say – that the reason it's it, – someone asked me that today. Um, we had a, a, a big party uh, today. I had brunch with Evander Holyfield and the whole Real Deal Sports and Entertainment team. Humble brag. I don't know what that means. But you don't know what that means? He's, he's, no. he's kind of saying you're kind of putting that you're out there with the stars. Like, yeah. No, no. It's a name it's, drop. Well, it's a team. It's not just me. It's, it's also a it's, joke. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> he's joking. But you're yeah. out there yeah. with No, but, but Evander's an amazing guy. We, we had a show last night. So Evander, <laughs> I mean, I want to put him out there because he's doing a great job. I mean, yeah. he's this guy is – this guy is at every event, you know, and he takes care of his team. So today we did a brunch for all of us. It wasn't just me. It was, mm. There was a whole lot of people there. Mark Breeland was there. Um, mm. New Legend Boxing was there. Fists of Legend was there. A lot of different people were there. It was really fun. Um, and now I, I forgot my you point. Somebody asked you. So they were asking <laughs> oh, they were asking me why I do that, why I say the last names twice and where it comes from. So back in the day, before they had, like, the, the PA systems, the guys would say, you know, John Smith. And then he'd go to this side. John Smith. Really? And he, huh, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And he'd, he'd nah. yell the last name twice so that the, each side could kind of hear it. And that's kind of where it started. Uh, Supposedly, that's the war. Um, but it, it went on through the ages, and a lot of guys used to do it. And Ed Daring was kind of the last one doing it. And I loved him, and I picked it up. And um, uh, something happened. I got an award at the, uh, the Ring 8, uh, the New York Boxing Hall of Fame, which is really, really great. Okay. It gave me an award, which was very, uh, speaking of hum being humble, that was very humbling <laughs> for me. No, it really <laughs> no, was. It really was. Right. And yeah. uh, I think it, the commish, Randy Gordon, got up and made a speech, and he said that he knew that 
Ed Daring was like one of my favorites. And he said before Ed Daring passed, you know, I talked to him about you, and he said that you were his favorite. And mm. that that like oh, it man, really made crazy. me feel so good. So that that was big for me. Yeah, that right. was big. That's, that's crazy. So I just learned big. something. I didn't know the lore behind that. Me so, neither. Yeah. I've actually always wanted to know that, and yeah. I just realized that I didn't know. know that before. Yeah, we learned. We learned something. Exactly. But yeah. well, going, getting back to like tough decisions, real quick, because I just remembered I had a theory I shared with you after the Triple G Canelo fight, which was why doesn't boxing go from 12 to 11 rounds for title fights? This way, you have an odd number and you get less ties. Therefore, you have more wins, losses, whatever. Maybe, you know, money could play a factor, whatever. But do you feel like that's something that can make sense? And it's also one less round of punishment. I forgot to throw that out there. But do you feel like that's something that makes sense in terms of, like, because you figure 12 rounds, you're going to get more decisions because if one guy wins half the rounds, another guy wins half the rounds with the 10-point system, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be 114-114. So if you go 11 rounds, maybe you have more wins and losses as opposed to ties. Do you feel like that's something that uh, – not that it would catch on because they're not going to do it, but do you feel like that's a realistic uh, – not yeah, realistic theory. But I heard his theory on it, but I'd be curious yeah, what you think. But what do you think about that? No. <laughs> that's how, that's yeah, one of that's my how, answers. That's what he does No, that's He's what like, I no. do. I'm like, what do you think about no. it? No. absolutely not. No. 12 I, rounds, how should be – Well, I mean, it, it was. It used to be 15. Yes, that I know. And now it's 12. And 15 probably had less ties. Regardless of that. But, I mean, well, first of all, it's not a tie. It's called a draw. Draw. But, yeah. But no. No. Why? Yeah. Why not? I mean, it's like, to me, boxing's perfect. You know, I, I love boxing. I'm kind of a purist. I like to keep it the way it is. I love history. I don't like tinkering. and cha- I'm not into that. You know, they talk about having judges wear earphones so that they can drown out because a lot of the thing they say, you know, judge a fight with your eyes, not with your ears. Because right. let's say you're in some guy's hometown. He throws a little pity pat punch. The whole crowd's, ah! Oh! And then the other guy hits a big punch. No one says anything. You're going to go score because this guy, you think, hit bigger punches because the crowd's going more. I don't go for that. You know, to me, keep it the way it is. You know, it's like when you are ringside at a fight, which I have been – at many fights ringside when you hear the thud of a punch you can tell you a lot you, your ears are a big part of that so why would you take out one of the senses on that i i just think i don't like these changes i i me personally i i'm kind of a purist 12 and 12 i mean I, it's something i haven't thought about but like i yeah. think about it till he, well, i mean I, if but, anything if anything i would say move it up i mean it's a 13 or well, you can't the championship rounds are you know round 11 and 12 that's that's when you move into the championship realm and it's like right. yeah. so to have one championship round it's not you can't three minutes like you need you got to plead your case so you got to you, you got to plead your case with your two fists in the ring you know would you be fine with it being an odd number but going up like he said like a 13 or i mean look people that are smarter than me have come up with 12 okay so if the brain surgeons and neurosurgeons, I mean, boxing, like we talked about earlier, it's a very dangerous sport. Absolutely. The reason they knocked down from 15 is because it, it you know, a lot of the, the injuries that, that we have seen, unfortunately, happen, you know, because of, of uh, repeated head trauma. So a lot of times it's not maybe that, that huge knockout that you're, oh, my God, you think is huge. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be concussed from that, but it's the, it's the repeated head trauma. And they find in the later, you know. With, with longer fights, that's that's more... It's increased. It can yeah, be increased. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I guess, why they did that, But um, from what I understand. But um, I'm happy with 12. I mean, I like the way it is. It's kind of... You know, I think I think if, if it changed... I mean, look, the world goes on. It's not like... I, it's just something I've never given thought to. So my yeah. answer is no. Yeah. I don't Which know. Is but I'm also yeah. not really like... A, like, not even just with boxing, but in general. I'm not a traditionalist. Like, oh, something's the way it is, so we have to stick like that. I'm like, no. Why don't we make it better? And people not saying, oh, boxing is whatever the case may be. Because you have the Triple G fight. You have a big opportunity there to have a big decision. And it's a draw. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not a traditionalist either. But I, I think, I guess, it comes down to whether you're comfortable with the draws. Being there in the sport... But you could have trying. a draw with an odd fight, too. It doesn't necessarily that's mean true. something. That's true. I mean, and that's there's a knockdown, true. and then there's that's this. True. There's so many different points to be taken true. away. So However, so but I, I hear you what you're saying, that the propensity for it is there, yes. maybe more. Yes. But I don't think that's a big problem in boxing. And to be honest with you, I announce a lot of fights. 
there are draws, absolutely. And there's majority draws, there's split draws, there's unanimous draws. There can be many different types of draws. Yep. Mm-hmm. But there's not that many, to be honest. Usually somebody wins. That's usually. Yeah, yeah. I agree so with that. To me, that's not too big of an issue to deal with like that. We need to change it. I don't, that's, that's not on my radar. So if I was going to start changing things, that would not be the One first. The that would not be the first thing. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you want to make things better. But I like things the way they are. Real especially quick, with boxing. Real quick, what is something you would change? I mean, like I said, I don't want to change anything. I, I love it the way it is. I thought you said That's, there were things that you would change. I mean, I, you know, look, in a perfect world, I just I want the best fights all the time, right? And mm-hmm. to me, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have an A fighter fighting an A fighter. I think you can have a B fighter and a B fighter. You can have a C fighter and a C fighter, a C plus and a C plus. You just need competitive fights. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, you get guys like, like Gaddy and Ward, I mean, that like put on this incredible trilogy. They weren't necessarily the best fighters in the world but they were the best dance partners for each other at the time so you know that's what i want to see is competitive fights you know you don't want to see these cowboys and indians card where the a side (laughs) and the b side you look at it and you say oh nah come on you know right i'm not even trying to watch that yeah no understood that we're going to take another quick break when we come back we will talk to dave a little about how he got into being the public address announcer of the brooklyn nets which he did uh for a while his love for motorcycles and how he started his business here where we are at Diamante's Brooklyn Cigar Lounge. We'll be back with more on the A Hard to Tell podcast. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the Sports Walk today. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. We are here with David Diamante, the great boxing announcer and owner of where we are today for our episode right. uh, here in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, Diamante's Brooklyn Cigar Lounge. We're having a good time. Uh, this is a great place for anybody who hasn't been to. I've seen you can come, chill, uh, smoke a cigar if you, if you like cigars. They have all different kinds of flavors. You bring your own bottle, right, Dave? You get to chill and just enjoy the experience. I guess I'll start with you and say you love boxing. We know that. <laughs> uh, from knowing you, I know you love cigars, um, and you decided to start this business. Um, you and I both being Brooklynites and living in Brooklyn, we talked about how there are not a lot of they, historically there has not been a lot of cigar lounges in Brooklyn. So you decided to do this. Was that well? There were none. That's there that. Were none, that, actually, that was yeah. the problem. I mean, the the fact is, like, I, I love cigars. I'm really into cigar culture, um, and it was kind of like one of my favorite pastimes. Um, doing all the different things I did, I'm always running around. Yeah. So when I'm not running around, I want to relax. Right. This is kind of like my my meditation but it's like my it's like my man yoga like i come here and i just kind of like <laughs> let it go away you know because i don't like to i don't walk through the street smoking a cigar i don't do that mm. i smoke when i have the time for it you know you don't mm. rush a good cigar no so to me it's like you know i would kind of gauge it as far as like time people be like oh how much time do you have well, i got this much this much this much you know, time depending cigars. on my, my cigars you know <laughs> so if i have that much time to smoke then i'll do it um i don't need a cigar but if I have the time and I'm not rushed, I will smoke a cigar. And I say, I always said you can smoke a cigar for one of three reasons. Conversation, mm. contemplation, or celebration. So, mm. ah, like a great a great conversation. Sometimes I like to sit by myself, think, think about my day, think about the next day, think about different things, smoke. It's very meditative for me, like I said. Or, of course, a celebration. You're with your friends, you're yep. celebrating something that's very nice. But... I always used to have to go to Manhattan to do it. We didn't have a cigar lounge in Brooklyn, and I just didn't know why. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to open up my own business. Um, I chose to do this, and that's what I've done. And it's I opened in 09, and 
it's been great man it's been it's been an amazing amazing thing and it's sparked a whole lot more to kind of pop up uh, in brooklyn since and some have shut down and some are still there but but either way it's great it's it kind of it's achieved what i wanted to do you know because this is really like a neighborhood living room you get yeah. everybody coming through here mm-hmm. doesn't matter race creed job it, it just doesn't matter like you have guys coming in here and just like they mix it up you know some cigar places you go in and people are a little standoffish clickish it's not like that here at diamantes it's just i don't know if it's the vibe that we've set out from the beginning you know part of it is kind of how i set this place up um and the room that i chose for it because the 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 distance that these walls are from each other a guy sitting against that wall can still talk to a guy over here without having to scream it's it's very intimate for the it's very intimate but like if there's people over here we can talk to them without yelling there's it's i set it up it's it, there was thought came into this you know you got to remember i came from a background of nightclubs and bars right. which i was a part of for many years so i mean i know it, there is you know as as john taffer would say from bar rescue um th- this is a science you know but but it really is a science there's a science mm-hmm. to it and um so that was part of my aesthetic and and idea that i wanted because um, there were rooms that were just large squares, and I was like, well, it's going to, you know, the, the feng shui was off, man. The, the feng shui is good in this place. Yeah, it's man. working, man. Oh, I feel it. The it's working. The energy's great. I like the yeah. vibe in here. I like the vibe in here a lot. So I think Thank personally, you. I think you've done an excellent job with Appreciate it. Appreciate that. It's very inviting. And I'm, I'm mad at myself because <laughs> I've parked in front of here. I eat a lot of places around here in Fort Greene, and I hadn't walked in, and I knew David. Had the cigar lounge that didn't come through, so Dave's looking at me like this guy didn't even nah, come through. Nah, shame there. on you. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, but you know what it is. Look, it's your loss. I tell you like this: this place isn't for everybody. Right. And when you're supposed to find out about it, that's when you find out about it. Well, you know. So the, it, it's yeah. like I'm not out advertising. I'm not doing this. It's it's a word of mouth type of thing. That's mm-hmm. how it's grown. It's always I've always done it organically, and it's been very successful. And I'm not trying to take over the world with this. It's just it's 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 here for. It's not. I don't want everybody in here. I want the mm. people that know about it to find out about it. It's on a little side street. Off the, that's that's this is all by design. You know, I could be on the mm. main thoroughfare with a big neon sign, <laughs> but that's not what I want. You know, we don't have a big sign. We don't have a big. There's no big fanfare. It's just a small neighborhood cigar spot with black and white photos of my family on the wall, boxing pictures. That's really it, man. I love it, man. Yeah, I, I, I really right. do. I'm not saying that because we're here and you, you invited us to come here. Appreciate we, we that. Appreciate that, but but uh, also like we, uh, yeah. one more thing. You know, I have my own blend of cigar, and that's we we yes. showcase that here. We have a lot right. of great premiums, which of course we have. But I have my own blend of cigar here also, and so we're we're very well known for that. Hold on one second. You can come in, buddy. Hey, Nat. We're not we're not stop we're not stopping people. You'll yeah. see, you see. Come we got, on we in, got buddy. Customers. All right, how you uh, doing? Coming in that could have come to enjoy it all there the time. You go. What I've seen from you is just being so welcoming with it. Yeah. Um, and I want to get, because now this guy, Brian Fonseca, he's done a lot of work <laughs> with me, also covering the Brooklyn Nets um, for Nets Daily. Yeah, yeah exactly sure. what I was going to get into. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. To so, ask, so, ask away. Yeah, so we're right by the Barclays Center also, where yeah. the Nets play. True. And you were their PA announcer for several years. Yes. Uh, recently, you know, parted ways, I guess, would be the correct way to say that. Yeah. Just I, I decided that it was time. It's yeah. time for for a new change. You can't can't steal second with your foot on first. Right. We also we also need to mention and, and historically that you are the first public address announcer of the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Um, and we are sitting with this person right here. In history, you'll be the first person that ever did that job. <laughs> Trivia question. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy. So. True. Uh, for five years, I called every game in that building. Yeah. Um, and I did it for six seasons because I did their final season in Jersey. In Jersey. Yep. Right. I did right, all right. five here in in Brooklyn for the first five seasons in Brooklyn, and. Uh, yeah, so I guess what was that experience kind of like uh, just being because you were here for that transition well, and I, you had already had the cigar lounge, too. So it was I did. Kind of everything I all did. in one area. I got to say, I mean, it, it's it was I mean, it was a great experience. Uh, absolutely great experience. But it was more than that to me because it wasn't just a job. It wasn't about the money. It was something I believed in very deeply. You know, it's like. Brooklyn is a different type of a place. And even though I wasn't born here, I've been here for many years, and my family's all from here five generations back. So I remember as a kid my mother talking about how, you know, when the Dodgers left the mm. borough, how dark of a time it was. And it's been a lot of years mm. since this borough has had a professional sports team. So for me, it was like it, it just it took on a much larger thing. It was like I, I never – 
overlooked it or was like oh yeah you know it's just a job no like this is like a huge deal this is brooklyn's like unlike any other place it's not like a normal city you know it's not people from here like understand it, it, it it's brooklyn's different it, there's right. a lot of history here a lot of roots here and this so much so many things come from here and people are very proud of this place so to be the representative and to be called the voice of the borough and the voice you know of, of, of this huge man and so it's kind of like i almost tried to let the people speak through me you know like i just didn't want to do anything that was that was fake over the mic i wanted to keep it real with the fans and that that's you know that that call of the i said brooklyn ball like that <laughs> like i felt that like the first time it came out yeah. like I, it was not rehearsed i didn't think about that it's just like it was a major play i can't remember which game it even happened but i remember there was a turnover and i was i was pumped and I was like, Brooklyn ball, you know, and no one really responded. And I, <laughs> oh, I said, Brooklyn, like, yo, wake up. And, and the crowd came and it was great. And that was organic. And that's the type of thing that I liked. I don't want to force it. You know, it wasn't, I don't like the, the forced calls. And so it was really great. It was, it was something that um, is very humbling. And I'm honored to have been able to do that. You talked about organic. I remember, the, I remember one of the first Nets games I went to and I saw, I remember it was fourth quarter and you were like, all right, so fourth quarter, everybody, and Brooklyn stand up. And then I never noticed until I think games later that you actually stood up. Like, you actually got up <laughs> out of your seat with everybody to Look, stand Dexter's up. Look, Dex is late and never. This guy, I don't know yeah, if you I, know, I but up. Kennedy has been shot. <laughs> A man landed on the moon. This guy, look, he's just coming into Diamante's now. He's been here over eight years. Parks in front of the place. I, Every was, game, was, was I games. stand up, Brooklyn. I make a speech, you know. I never realized. I would talk about, I would always talk about, like, the, all right, Brooklyn, check it out. It's the fourth quarter. Yes, I remember you know, that. And I loved it. You know, and I always stood up. I grabbed the mic, let's go. And, you know, like, there was a, there was a, a time recently, you know, I had my broken arm and I was doing it because I had a yeah. motorcycle accident. Yep. I broke my arm in five places. It was pretty bad. I had a sling. So I'm kind of like this, and <laughs> Dwight Howard's trying to, throw my mic down and I was you know we were tussling it was funny you know he obviously was doing it for fun you know it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a mean-spirited thing but right right yeah that that was my thing man and that, that was, was that thing. was organic too that's kind of point I was getting at that was an organic thing that kind of came out with the Brooklyn stand-up and you actually standing up and then everybody would stand up too and I, I always sure. thought it was dope yeah Even thank I was you late to the party right. too, I thought, I thought, <laughs> no I man but you know it's just a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and and you know it, I think it's uh it's 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 great you know i love that we have barclay center i love that we have a place that kids coming up from here have a place to showcase their skills especially boxers i mean i love mm. that mm. the commitment that that barclays has made to boxing um i love that with the brooklyn boxing brooklyn we have a boxing. lot of shows yep. here it's become the marquee one of the marquee arenas here in new york if not the mm -hmm. um so and that's great and of course you know the garden is still the mecca and it's it's very well known it has the history and that's great but but barclays is creating its own and that that's great to be a part of that is uh you know it was it was a wonderful thing yeah definitely um i also learned i didn't even know this i'm late to this too till, right till, uh, oh, this, this podcast. <laughs> i did not know about the your love of motorcycles you kind of alluded oh, to yeah. that too oh and, yeah oh um, yeah i think that was your motorcycle we saw outside it is you break it you buy it <laughs> <laughs> i did not ding it uh so you can you can check you can check it out but um how did the love of motorcycle was that kind of always there like boxing for you too right. yeah i've been riding motorcycles for years and th the main thing for me like i do a lot of world travel people that out there that don't know I, yeah. I travel a lot so um usually when i travel i try to either buy or rent or somehow get a motorcycle no matter where i am and huh. i find it like the best way to explore a place um you're part of the environment you can get in and out you can reach places that you wouldn't necessarily be able to reach in a in a car or, or, or something else, other type of vehicle. But I, I love motorcycles. I just always have. I don't know. I have three bikes now, you mm. know, currently. But it's not about that. It's just I just love motorcycles. And I just came back from a trip. I was in Sri Lanka. I was in India. I was in Malaysia. I was in Thailand. I was in Laos. I was in Myanmar. And I was yeah. in Shanghai um, just on this last trip. Yeah. And I got a motorcycle in Sri Lanka and was able to ride around, which was incredible. And I did it in Laos also, and also in Burma, you know, Myanmar. Yep. And it was it was just wonderful, you know, learning. And um, I just rode a motorcycle through India, uh, uh, up through Kashmir uh, to the Pakistani border, um, and in Srinagar and Jammu and Kashmir and uh, Amritsar and 
uh, Chandigarh and different places. And I don't even know some of these places. I went to <laughs> I went to the Dalai Lama's house in Dharamsala and McLeod Ganj. And, you know, I'm always exploring. I just rode through El Salvador, um, Colombia. Um, Do you have a specific type of bike that you're searching for when you're exploring? Or is it like, hey, whatever's going to handle this terrain the best or wherever I got to go through? It just depends. I mean, different places have different things that are available. So I'm not super picky about that per se. Yeah. Um, it depends on the road conditions and it depends what's available you know um in vietnam i bought a small little bike for not too much money and i was able to sell it back uh in in india i was able to get a royal enfield which is a, a really cool bike so that's the bike i bought there and then i sold it back um and sometimes i just rent them so it just kind of depends so if there's a motorcycle sponsor out there we're actually so i'm working on a new tv show now um mm-hmm. that um I'm going to be kind of doing my travels. So I've been traveling the world like oh, this. I know. For, I see it on Instagram, mm-hmm, man. We yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah if you want to. Yeah. for a while, man. Big plug for the Instagram, at David Diamante. <laughs> yep. D-I-A-M-A-N-T-E. But you can kind of follow my travels. I'm out there. And so I'm, I'm in a lot of these different places, and I do a lot of different countries each year. But I've been doing this over 20 years now. So this is not something I'm doing just for TV. This right. is something I do no matter what. Right. So mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people come to me, and we're now starting to – uh, get this show going where I'm kind of traveling on a motorcycle and, and following my, my different travels. So that's uh, something I'm working on now, and that was kind of part of the, another reason of, of leaving uh, the Nets. You know, it was obviously to do bigger fights and to, to, to do a lot of stuff like that and new opportunities that are happening. Um, even though I love being uh, part of the NBA for the last six years, right. it's time for a new, a new chapter. And so that's, that's part of it. So the motorcycles are a big part of it. You know, motorcycles to me, Come on in, buddy. We have another guest. He's yeah. More, oh, more Oliver's people. back. See, everybody's just coming. How was the guy, game? Guy with the right, right. Head. How was the game? Coming in. There you go. Uh, there update you on Nets game. Right. They played update the on Nets. <laughs> update from we were, Oliver. We were, we were, <laughs> came back from the game. <laughs> at the time of recording, um, this, they were playing. But what I was going to yeah. say is, motorcycles are a very interesting thing. They're, they're, you know, I don't want to get all spiritual and stuff like that, but they are beautiful machines. And you know, when I'm on my bike it's like an extension of my body and you know i don't think downshift or hit the clutch or this it's like literally it's like a part of my body Mm. and it's like when you walk you know you don't think like put your foot down fall forward put your next foot down fall right right you just do it it's the same thing for me with a bike it's just it's it happens it's like a it's almost like an extension of my body and if anything's wrong i'm talking small i know immediately like something's wrong like I'll pull over, check. I'm like something's wrong. I just know you can feel the bike. The bike talks to you. It'll tell you things. Mm. It, 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 the machine will tell you things. Well, think, if you listen, you got to be in tune. Got to right. be in tune. I think one thing people can take from this podcast and our conversation with David, because we're we're out of time, is that look, you got to do what you love, and uh, yeah, you yeah. you've been doing it, and you've done it in many different ways, whether it's through announcing, P announcing, boxing. And now here with this beautiful lounge that you have that people should come and check out and don't be late like me. Yeah, right. Come um, through. Come through, man. <laughs> right. and listen, yeah, to, listen to that inner voice. For everyone, it's different, yes. man. Yeah. Listen to your inner voice and follow that. Yeah, I, well, I, I just I always I believe love in to- it. I always love talking to other people who are passionate about things. I know Brian does as well, too. So, sure. Yeah. Um, we thank you for having us here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, giving us the time to talk talk to us. We, we definitely look forward to, to doing it doing it again. Dexter, Brian, thank you for having me. And uh, talk to you guys soon. Absolutely, That is man. David Diamante. Yes, sir. Uh, he is the first. Uh, Brooklyn Nets public address announcer. He is currently a just a tremendous, tremendous. You can't miss him. He's got the long flowing dreads. If you, for those <laughs> who aren't watching, you can't miss him. A great boxing ring announcer um, and also great owner of this lounge where we were allowed to record this podcast. So we thank David once again. That's it for episode 10. We want to thank our producer, Matthew Feniza, who we know enjoyed being here a lot because He's a huge fan of cigars, so <laughs> enjoyed being in this and smelling the great aroma. He's going to get one right uh, now. Director of photography, uh, Luis Velez, uh, Matthew Feniza, our assistant producer. Uh, for myself, Brian Fonseca, we're signing off from the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Try to throw me on the bus with a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs>